As Chris said earlier, last week I preached on uh, the difference between whining and lamenting. Um, I know that some of you listened to that sermon because I had it thrown in my face several times during the week. Um, you know, I'd, I'd be at a meeting or in a conversation with a couple of people, and one of my beloved members would say, John, are you whining or lamenting? Well, it sounds like you're whining, John. Uh, I also um, know that, that people were listening to the sermon because uh, it was one of those sermons where when you look out at the congregation and you see people sitting with their, with their partners or, or with somebody with whom they live, um, you can see them go, In short, whining and lamenting, you know, something, something wrong, something out of the ordinary has happened. And when somebody whines about it, they just go on and on and on, and it's, the, it's a kind of a litany of complaints, it's a litany of blame, they kind of stew in their own juice, it's, it, you get the feeling it's very much focused on them. It's, it's a self-centered issue of, of whining. Uh, and it, it kind of leads nowhere. It's not very productive. Lamenting, on the other hand, is, is direct speech. When one laments to God, one, one um, talks directly to God. You, God, need to do something. You, God, are the one in whom I trust. You are my rock. You are my deliverance. There's, there's expectations, and lamenting is almost a confession of faith. You know, this is what I believe about God. As whining and lamenting relate to relationship, often, you know, whining uh, doesn't lead to a relationship. In fact, when somebody starts to whine around us, we want to avoid them. We want to get out of the room. We want to get away from them. Whining kind of kills a relationship with somebody. Lamenting, on the other hand, since it's direct speech and has expectations on the other person, lamenting draws us into a relationship with the other person. Most of the lament psalms in the Bible are laments where a person is lamenting to God. God, this is wrong in my life. This is how I want you to fix it. I trust in you. You are my fortress. You are my refuge. This psalm that Lowell read is a psalm of lament from God to humanity. They're not as common, but they exist. God is lamenting to humanity about the condition of God's relationship with humanity or the lack of relationship with humanity. What is God lamenting? Twice in this psalm, God says, you don't listen. You don't listen to my voice. 
Now, there's a difference, and I'm not sure, I'm, I'm just going to make an arbitrary distinction in, in, for the purposes of this sermon. There's a difference between hearing and listening. You might be hearing the blower right now, but I hope you're listening to me. Sometimes there is unwanted noises that we hear that may or may not distract us. We might be reading a book and we might hear the, car, the traffic on the street, the, the helicopters going overhead, care flights. We might hear those and they may distract us from our listening or they may not. Last Thursday night, I, I got home about eight o'clock and I heard a very loud party about a block north on Michigan. Now see, you're not distracted anymore by that blower. And I heard this loud party and I thought, oh, we're going to have trouble sleeping tonight with the windows open. Then I stopped and listened, listened to the music and I thought, oh, this is pretty good stuff. I think I'll stay and listen to it. There's a difference between hearing and listening. You might hear the sermon, but are you listening? You might hear your partner, but are you listening? Listening is intentional. It's paying attention. It's, it's, it's being attentive. It's turning off the other noises. It's tuning in. My people don't listen to me. What are they supposed to be listening to? Well, the Hebrews reading is a good start. You know, let your love be mutual. Show hospitality to the stranger. They might be angels. If you're paying attention, they might be angels. Visit those in prison. Know that I am your helper. Be not afraid. You are not alone. In, Psalm, in the psalm, God says, you know, listen. I want to fill you with good things. I want you to have the finest of wheat, the sweetest of honey. Listen for those things. It's very hard to have a relationship if we don't listen. If we're not attentive. So, why don't we listen? Why aren't we listening? Well, let's just say some of you now are thinking about, boy, this is a pretty nice day. What am I going to do this afternoon? You know? Should we go to the Greek festival or not? Hmm, when would we go? 
What did the minister just say? Um, you know, we're easily distracted. We're distracted by our phones. We're distracted by music. Not that music would ever be a distraction. Um, you know, we're distracted by TV. We don't turn it off when somebody's talking to us. We're distracted because we're, um, there's a lot of yada, yada, yada to what the person's saying to us. My gosh, it's the same old story. I've heard this story lots of times. I don't need to listen to it. How many of you have had the experience where someone starts to talk to you and your mind starts to drift and then you hear them say, so what, what do you think I ought to do? And then you say, well, what do you think you ought to do? <laughs> Sometimes we don't listen because we're just waiting for our opportunity to, to speak. We're formulating our response to that person. You know, there, there are lots of reasons why we don't listen. If, if the last couple of classes I've taken at Ohio State the professors have not put their PowerPoints online for students to look at. And the, the reasons are, are usually two reasons. One is, the professor says, um, if, you, if I put the PowerPoint online, you won't come to class. You can just get it online and you don't have to listen to the lectures. The other reason the professor says is, the PowerPoint isn't the full lecture, it's just cues for the professor, just prompts for the professor that the lecture is much fuller than the PowerPoint and one needs to listen to the full lecture. So listening is, is, a, is an issue, obviously, in classes. How do we feel when we're not listened to? You know, we can be angry, we can be frustrated, we can feel discounted and devalued, we can feel discouraged, we can feel brokenhearted. How does God feel when God's not listened to? Well, it, it can be all of that. God can be angry. God, God can be discouraged and frustrated. What interests me in this psalm is God says, you did not listen to me. You would not submit. What the Hebrew says there is, you would have no part of me. You would not listen to me. You would have no part of me. You know, if Susan said to me, I want no part of you, I would be crushed. I mean, that's just severing the relationship. If my kids said to me, Dad, I want no part of you, I'd be devastated. And the people are saying, God, we want no part of you. I mean, it is severing the relationship. The lack of listening is severing the relationship. What does God do? What does God do when the people want no part of God? Well, it's interesting here. God does not punish them. God does not discipline them. 
God does not cause any more suffering. What God says is, I'm not going to intervene. I'm going to turn you over to your own counsels. You don't want to listen? Well, then just go your way without my advice, without my direction. Just go your way. Haven't we thought that sometimes as parents? Haven't we thought that sometimes as partners? I'm not going to tell you any more to check the oil in your car. Just live with it. I'm not going to tell you any more that your drinking is destructive. I'm going to turn you over to your own counsels. The prodigal son is a classic example of this. The younger son wants no part of the father, no more relationship. And the father basically says, okay, I'll turn you over to your counsels. I'm not going to stop you. I'm not going to cause any suffering. I'm just not going to intervene. You're on your own. And we know how that story spins out. And the, another interesting thing about this psalm is God says, but if you come to your senses, you can return, and I will still give you the finest wheat, and I will still give you the sweetest honey, and I will still fill your mouth with good things. And that's exactly what happens in the prodigal son. The son returns expecting to have the boom lowered on him, and the father has a party. You wonder if Jesus actually read this psalm for the parable. The God that's presented in this psalm is a God we might not be real familiar with. Often we think of God as out there, God as the judge, God is the great note keeper in the sky, marking down what we do good, what we do bad. But God is just kind of observing and not involved. The God that's described here is very involved. The solo that Chris sang, you know, God weeps, God is involved. God isn't untouched by what we do. God isn't untouched by how we suffer and how we cause our own suffering. God weeps. God cries. God ble bleeds. God waits. It's a God who's very involved in our life and very affected by what we do. God suffers because we suffer. God hurts because we hurt. And there's a notion in this psalm that God yearns so much for us to listen 
so that we can be in relationship with God and that God can be in relationship with us, that God in a way needs us. And God is not complete, God is not whole until we listen. You know, and we kind of know that. I mean, we know that from our personal life. We're not complete, we're not whole until somebody listens. And it's God's joy is made complete by us, by our listening. Our listening is not only for our sake. I mean, it is good for us to listen and know that love should be mutual. That we should be visiting persons in the hospital. We should be hospitable to the stranger. But our listening is for God's sake too. It completes God and it's as if neither our joy nor God's joy is complete until our mutual listening brings us into relationship with each other. Now often, um, you know, when I go to the monastery, as I did two weeks ago for silent retreat, um, at least one of you, maybe only one of you, says, well, what'd you get out of it this year? So for that one who asked the question, one of the things I got out of it is even though it's a silent retreat, it is still very hard to listen because we can create our own distractions. And I realized this year that I create my own distractions. You know, I'm going to spend a certain amount of time reading my books. Now, that's good, but, you know, it can be a way of avoiding God. I can spend, I can go to all seven prayer hours, which I usually do. But that can be just a way of avoiding God, of just sitting there listening, hearing the monks chant, but not listening to them. I can sit in silence and pray and then start to think about other things and not focus. Just because one's silent doesn't mean one's listening. So one day I decided, I'm not going to read. I'm not going to go to any of the prayer times. I'm not going to pray. I'm just going to eat and take naps and sit under a tree. And it was good. Sitting under that tree, it just hit me. My relationship with God is where I try to get things from God, where I try to take things from God, where I try to earn things from God. And the fact is, God wants me to receive things. God wants to give me things. And all I knew, need to do is receive. God does want to love me, and all I have to do is receive that.
As I said last Sunday, I ran into a friend that I hadn't seen for 30 years. And she, um, she would leave notes on my car. Um, one of the notes she said, um, this is your father's world and to your listening ears all nature rings and round you sings the music of the spheres. And I thought, oh, I think I know that. Maybe I should listen to the music of the spheres. This week she sent me a postcard and it said, remember the lessons of the Abbey. Be still. Slow down. Notice. Take more naps. Be gentle with yourself. Walk more. Listen. Receive God's love. Be that love. You got this. Just be. And I thought, that's what I get out of listening. That's what I get out of listening. Receive God's love. Be that love. You got this. Just be. That's what God is saying to us. May it be so. Amen.